0: Hello and welcome back to Speak Healing Words, the podcast. I am Janelle, and I'm going to be your host for today's conversation. I've been away. I really have. Uh, my husband and I flew all the way down to South America, to Uruguay, or Uruguay, I believe they say, to spend time with our older daughter, Candice, and her novio, Jose, and to meet his family. You might say, wow, how on earth did your daughter end up in Uruguay? Well, it is a long, beautiful story. Short story is she has been a solo female traveler for a, a decade and happened to be in Norway and met this young man from Uruguay and hence fell in love and there we are. So my husband and I took the long, arduous journey And fell in love with uh, the beautiful country, the beautiful city of Montevideo, and the whole East Coast, and Jose Ignacio Beach, and Aden, I think it is, E-D-E-N, Eden. And met the most lovely, charming, charming men and women and children, and um, was just welcomed with such beautiful hospitality, and fell in love with many, many stories. So I came home with Lent, the Lent season, in full force. So we're a little behind schedule as I love this period of Lent because it leads us to the great hallelujah of Easter. And as a Judeo-Christian, I love this season this season of preparation. I grew up Catholic, so Lent for me as a child meant giving up candy. That's pretty much all I thought about, was I have to give something up that I really love. And so then on Easter morning, I got this humongous basket of Easter candy that I totally engulfed and had a massive sugar high. Now as an adult, as I look back and as as I worship God in a Protestant faith, I now have a deeper, wider, broader understanding of what Lent actually is. Yes, yes, it still involves sacrificial giving, sacrificial um, giving up, uh, fasting from things, so that you can turn your attention more towards God and the faith towards prayer, towards um, looking at your life, being more aware of how you're living your life. And so I thought, coming back uh, from Uruguay, I thought, I want to spend, we have, according to the calendar, we have four Wednesdays, so four weeks before Easter. Easter's really late this year, so it worked out in my favor. And so today we're going to just start a four-week four, four week season, a little four-week session On inner, the inner life. On faith. On what does faith look like here in the 21st century. And I want to focus in on story. And hopefully we'll weave many of the stories of the beautiful people that I met in Uruguay, but also the story of Jesus and his three-year mission here on planet earth as the son of god because one thing that i love about jesus one thing i love about this man is that he loved story not only did he love telling stories he loved hearing stories from ordinary men and women and children like like us and so i want to look at the power of our story in the 21st century. And I can't separate my story from my faith story. They're, they're tightly woven. And so I just want to, I want to start with a beautiful quote and, a, and some beautiful words by just a master storyteller himself and his name is Ian Cron. He wrote the book uh, The Road Back to You along with Suzanne Stubill. and he from what I hear on his podcast Typology has a new book on the in the works on how the Enneagram, this ancient typing system is really about story. And I will I will give you some links over on the Facebook page and on my blog and on Instagram where you can listen to him talk about the Enneagram in relation to our personal story. First and foremost, he says, personality is how you show up for life. Personality is how you show up for life. People expect that's how you will show up. It's a pattern that's established. He goes on to say, have you ever stopped to ask yourself, what if the story I tell myself and others about who I am And who I'm becoming isn't true. This is a big one. As children, we all construct stories or narratives to help make sense of our environment. These childhood interpretations set in motion the patterns of behavior that shape our personality or how we show up for life. But when you can understand the false story around which you have organized your life, then you can begin to play with that story a bit to find your true story. And though you can't change the facts of what has happened in your life, you can change the way you interpret them. Let me, let me read that again and just take pause here. And though you can't change the facts of what has happened in your life, you can change the way you interpret them. The truth is that if you want to experience enduring transformation, you have to discover your false story. Sometimes that's called the shadows of your personality or the darker side of your personality. You have to decouple yourself from that false narrative. And I'm going to be interchanging narrative and story as we go through these next four weeks. He says, decouple yourself from it. That means to separate, disengage, or disassociate something from something else and begin to live the truth of your new story. So in my book, Overcoming Hurtful Words, the subtitle of my book is actually, Rewrite Your Own Story. And when I first, you know, when, you, when you're when you working with a publisher and editors, you always have working titles and working subtitles. And so Overcoming Hurtful Words was one of the final ta-da's of what to name the book because it's basically what the book is about. But they wanted to add this subtitle, Rewrite Your Own Story. And I thought, oh, I love that. Not only do I love that as a writer and an author, but I was a writing teacher for so many years. And so studying story was a a really big part of my life. And so I love everything about the power of a human story. So to encourage people to be able to re-, re- oh, excuse me, rewrite their own story was just so exciting to me we can rewrite our negative false stories you know sometimes we have to rewrite the story stories we tell ourselves about ourselves sometimes other people keep us locked in a story their story or their perception of the story sometimes we Hide our true story because of shame. I did that for years. We hide it. We're embarrassed. We we we're full of shame and guilt. And even when I've been washed with metanoia, the re- transforming power of God, and I have forgiven myself and other people, have, I still have had a hard time really letting go of the shame. Sometimes families pass along stories that are, they get bigger each year. Or sometimes they're false narratives. Sometimes they're a false narrative about us that we aren't aren't that person anymore because we've done our work. We've done our heart work. And we're now living in a different story, a new narrative. And sometimes they're passed along without our consent. So stories, I just want to introduce to you today and to me, just as we move through the Lenten season and as we come to the great hallelujah of Easter, I want to think about our story, your story, my story. And perhaps there's a part of your story that you are ready to rewrite. You're ready to put away that false narrative, that false self. The beautiful spiritual director and and spiritual guide, Thomas Merton, uh, he writes this about the true and the false self. Every one of us is shadowed by an illusory, illusory person, a false self. This is the man that I want myself to be but who cannot exist because God does not know anything about him. My false and private self is the one who wants to exist outside the reach of God's will and God's love, outside of reality and outside of life, and such a life cannot help but be an illusion. The secret of my identity is hidden in the love and mercy of God. Therefore, I cannot hope to find myself anywhere except in Him. Therefore, there is only one problem on which all my existence, my peace, and my happiness depend, to discover myself in discovering God. If I find Him, I will find myself. And if I find my true self, I will find Him. The search for true identity requires an honest self-love. Love of self is not selfishness, but a humble recognition of our lives as true, good, and beautiful. Without real love of self, all other loves are distorted. I'm going to keep going. Lack of self-knowledge, St. Bonaventure once wrote, makes for faulty knowledge in all other matters. Merton realized that so many people are weighed down by deep hurts, anger, resentment, lost love, broken relationships, desperately seeking to fill fill their lives with happiness and peace. As he himself was searching for truth and identity, he came to a deep insight that each human person already has what they are looking for. Within myself is a metaphorical apex of existence at which I am held in being by my creator. Merton... (laughs) Yes, that seems lofty, but in overcoming hurtful words in in practice two, practice three, I bring this home and I I talk about our God-breathed self, that in Genesis 2-7, God breathed his nature, his life, his love, his characters and virtue into our being, and he made us a human being. Then we are brought into the world in the home of caregivers and our family of origins. And then we have this nature versus nurture. Correct. Yeah. So we talk all about it in Overcoming Hurtful Words. We talk about it in season one. So you can go back and listen. But what I want to do here is just really dig deeper as we're moving forward in Lent to really take some quality time to delve into some self knowledge, some introspection into our personal faith life and our personal life and see how we're doing. One of the ways we can do that is through a beautiful practice called Contemplative Spirituality. Stay tuned. I'll be writing about it on the blog and I'll post on Instagram and on our Facebook page. So just, if you haven't already, go to JanelleRearden.com Put in your name and your email and you will stay tuned to everything we're talking about. So I'm going to read a beautiful uh, passage by this lovely woman, Philena Hertz, in her book Mindful Silence, the Heart of Christian Contemplation. She's just a beautiful, beautiful soul. And she writes, contemplative spirituality is a way of seeing. The English word contemplation comes from the Latin contemplatio, which means to look at, to gaze attentively to mark out a space for observation. Contemplative practices are those that create margin to pay attention to and observe our life. This assumes we have determined to take responsibility for ourselves. It involves some introspection, not for the sake of inner knowledge, but for the sake of living a more skillful life. With self awareness, oh, please, I lean in here. With self awareness comes greater understanding of our pain and the way, excuse the book turning, we cause suffering. Contemplative prayer offers an antidote. Through contemplation, we find alleviation of our personal suffering and we discover how to minimize our infliction of suffering on others. Over time, as we engage in contemplative practice, we become less self-absorbed and able to be of greater service to others. I'm going to close with her words as we are thinking about entering into some time of introspection, looking at our inner faith life, looking at our life, making some time and space over these next few weeks To actually stop and pause and slow the pace so that we can reflect? She writes, this requires effort and patience, so we take up a contemplative practice to make regular time for this critical observation of reality. Contemplative practices are held by postures of solitude, silence, and stillness. In solitude, we develop the capacity to be present, in silence, we cultivate the ability to listen, and in stillness, we acquire the skill of restraint or self-control. I'm going to close with these words from Psalm forty-six, ten. The psalmist writes, be still, be still and know, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know God. Be still and know, be still. Today's an invitation to stillness, solitude, and silence. Don't run away. Stay tuned. And we are going to make these a beautiful part of our spiritual life because in doing so, we come alive. And we, we, we become a greater presence in our spheres of influence. So don't ever forget, you have value, worth, and dignity, my friend, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and conversation, please join the Speak Healing Words community at JanelleRiordan.com.